we were just two guys in an office with two chairs and a microwave trying to change the world. From UW Tacoma, this is Pod Defiance. Welcome to Pod Defiance, where we don't lecture, but we do educate. I'm Eric Wilson-Edge. Today on the pod, a conversation with UW-Tacoma graduates Thomas DiGiorgio and Jeffrey Bante. DiGiorgio and Bante are both military veterans. They met at Tacoma Community College and quickly developed a friendship. In this episode, Bante and DiGiorgio will talk about their friendship, including how they helped each other during difficult times. The pair struggled with the transition from military to civilian life. DiGiorgio was homeless for a time, and Bante dealt with anxiety in the months after leaving the Army. The two found a sense of purpose, first at TCC and later at UW-Tacoma. In both places, DiGiorgio and Bante worked to build a community for student veterans. A note to our listeners, Bante and DiGiorgio talk about the challenges they faced, including their experience in war, and also bouts of depression and suicidal ideation. Thomas DiGiorgio and Jeff Bante, thank you for joining us today on Pod Defiance. Good. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so let's just start with introductions. Uh, Thomas, why don't you go first? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks so much for having me today. My name is Thomas DiGiorgio. I'm a Bachelor of Communications graduate here from University of Washington, Tacoma. Um, 2021 graduate. Uh, my lady just graduated in 2020, so I have another companion that just graduated with me as well. All right. My name is Jeff Bente. Uh, I'm a recent grad, 2020. What, what? <laughs> Go dogs. Um, bachelor's in uh, ethnic, gender, and labor studies with an emphasis on uh, ethnic studies. There's a lot of things that I think that are interesting about the two of you, but one of the things I want to talk about first is the two of you are friends. Um, so I want to talk about how that came to be. How did you guys become friends? How did you meet? Uh, Jeff, do you want to give us some information there? So I uh, was med- medically retired from the Army in 2015. Um, and then I took about a year off, which is to some unusual, to some uh, well-deserved. And so... Um, Winter of 2016, I enrolled at TCC and then, you know, did, did that first year. <clears throat> and in the summer of 2017, um, I had connected with another student veteran who was in one of my classes and told me about uh, the student veterans of Tacoma Community College. And so he was like, hey, you should show up to one of these meetings. I um, think you would be beneficial and an asset to it. And so I went to a meeting. And boom, I met, I met this, this guy, Thomas DiGiorgio, who was the president and founder of uh, our SVO. And we had a lot in common. One, you know, we were both uh, Army, right, veteran. We also have that uh, infantryman uh, background, you know. Um, I have a, two other specialties under my belt, but, you know, but yeah, basically we met during the the meeting and that's just what lit the fire, you know, everything kicked off from there and we've been friends since then. 
Man, to think about this time is so long ago because um, Jeffrey and I were in such different mindsets, right? Um, uh, Jeff was an active duty guy transitioning out. I was a National Guard member who was activated and then basically just got sent back into my job, right? I came home from the same war. And um, we had some really unique uh, differences in, in mindsets back then. Uh, I released in 2015 from incarceration after going to prison for a year. And when I released, um, I kind of had just this mentality of, um, you know, I wanted to help others. I want to help myself. And I, I needed to help myself. And uh, when, when I, I made the little uh, veterans organization that later became nationally recognized, uh, student, veterans and, uh, student Veterans of America, um, we were just two guys in an office with two chairs and a microwave trying to change the world. We had no idea what we were doing, but um, we were willing to sit down at the same table. We were willing to put into paper and actually make change in our community and uh, could not have a better friend in the communities. Um, so let's talk about your friendship in, in the context of college. Right. You know, you've both been in it and through it mostly. Uh, Thomas, I think you're almost done, but you're pretty much through it. Um, you know, and college is hard, especially, you know, I'm not in the military myself, but, you know, talking with people over the years, you know, the transition for folks who come from the military may not be all that easy. Um, might be some challenges there. So I want to talk about your friendships in, in that context. Like, you know, when when things were difficult or maybe you were struggling with something you know, how, how did it, what did it mean to you to have another person um, who had a very similar experiences to you uh, have that person to talk with? Well, I think this goes back to the, the story of transition, right? Um, Jeffrey, I, and many, many others. I mean, we both could name name after name. Some of us, um, some of them followed us. Uh, through this entire progression from TCC and other community colleges here to the university and to others. Um, you know, in, in terms of, of the transition and how it affected us, I mean, putting, putting some roots down at the community college was, was nothing easy, right? It took uh, the last $40 that I had as a homeless veteran living in my car trying to go to school. Uh, showering in the newly built gyms uh, that they had for a couple months just so I could, uh, you know, keep going to school. And, um, you know, when I decided to make the, the veterans organization, it was because um, I didn't I didn't like living in my car. And the only space that Tacoma Community College had was just this little hole in the wall, um, but later became this just massive space that the entire college gra uh, gravitated to. And it it just took me, you know, eating my lunch uh, there with uh, another uh, local veteran that everyone knows, Eric Valentine, who became our veterans navigator at TCC. And him and I just kind of started kicking it. Had other people and other work studies that were in the office, uh, in the office, bringing in food and having potlucks with other departments, and really starting to engage students and faculty and staff and. Um, you know, Jeff was always a, a front person at the table bringing ideas to do things. Um, you know, uh, things that we would always do at this veterans organization is like plant flags. You know, they were really cheap at the dollar store. They were really cheap at Fred Meyers. We could grab and plant them. And uh, Jeffrey just had these really great ideas. And, um, 
you know, Jeffrey was the motivator. Jeffrey was the guy when everyone else was often uh, pessimistic. He was very optimistic on how we could do things. And I really gravitated towards Jeff's mind. And um, if it wasn't for us wanting to, to, to start the student veterans organization and start to be recognized for, for helping other students do their math at the same table, that we were eating lunch at, right? Everyone would just kind of convene like we do at uh, UW for our Husky Hour. Just bringing that community, bringing that culture of this um, uh, military orderly room. And I'll let Jeffrey kind of expand on this and, and probably his transition as well, but creating this culture of this orderly room where you'd go and check in in the morning before formation and make sure everyone was good to go before you go and, 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 and beat up the day. And that day for us was school. Yeah, to tie off on that, you know, Thomas and I have totally different uh academic journeys if you want to say right i started i got my aa in in sociology and he he was a a business uh major at the time or you know in the route of business to come here and you know coming over here obviously at uw tacoma they unfortunately they don't have a sociology undergrad but they do have egl and that was the next best thing that was in my peripheral and you know just in terms of man just our friendship is just like man it came to the point where that school year before we graduated was when i would get um after i would drop off my son at the early learning center because there was daycare there and so i would drop him off and you know, I would walk to the vet center first before my first class, you know, just to check in, see how everybody's doing. And, and usually on my, my walks from the ELC to the vet center or the veteran service office, you know, I'd have like so many ideas going through. And you know, I think that's what me and Thomas were, you know, good together because, you know, I throw ideas and he'll be like, yeah, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Or he'll give me his two cents and I'd fire back. And, you know, we just end up coming up with this common goal. And it's just, man, like you, you create and establish friendships in the military like no other. And, you know, you, you yearn for that. You long for that when you get out because those brothers and sisters who know you front to back are not really there anymore or they're far from you, but you know, you can text them or email them or call them. But in that immediate space that you have, you know, Thomas, man, he's been there when I'm down and vice versa. And we just boost the morale between each other. I think the real, the real big tie too for Jeffrey and I is community service. Jeffrey is, is community based. Um, we, we both believe that, you know, the seed to life is through uh, community give back, right? Protecting our communities, being good stewards of our communities and, uh, you know, really engaging just the outside of what school means, right? Everyone goes to school to learn, to read books, to hear teachers lecture and, and to pick off a piece of the iceberg knowledge that they possess, right? But then there's another facet that makes you feel whole. And that's when you're using that academic knowledge out in the community, you're learning to speak with other people and and ask not for their money, right, but for their blessings so they can help other people through the actions in which you mutually believe in. And I think when you're really down, you feel like you've lost your family. I know for me, I lost everything, right? I still to this day uh, can't put my name on a lease, um, but I can possess a bachelor's degree and own a home. You know, the, the, the craziest and wildest thing society won't give me responsibility to do. 
you can do through nonprofit organizations and community service activities to give back and, and feel whole. And I think uh, if it wasn't for us having that huge passion of service to our community and to our country, um, academically, everyone can go to school. But I think to step up beyond that, beyond the class hours, is uh, is a huge commitment. Congregating towards that that little area that we had at the veterans office was, man, I'll be honest. That's like one of the when I'm done with class, I'm like, man, I gotta head over there and see what these these knuckleheads are doing. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I, I, there was many incidents where I had a bad day or a bad hour during class. And once I step in that little small space and I smelled pizza or top of time, which we, we loved, or somebody brought some food in and, you know, we just start um, joking around and having a good time. And, you know, just everything just is laid out on the table, you know, and that, that room became our, our brainstorming area our counseling session, you, you name it. Like I said, I had that one, that I exactly had that one whole year of just trying to decompress, trying to find myself again in society. And <clears throat> it was very difficult. And then to, you know, to find another person with the same common goal. And, you know, I, I told myself, you know, once I get my feet back in, in out the door, you know, back in society, I'm, I'm going to, do what I did as a non-commissioned officer in the army is, you know, if I made a difference in someone in, in another soldier's life to be in the right path of success, then I'm going to do that again too, because, you know, obviously that was, that was my main thing and it worked. So why not in the civilian world dealing with, you know, with veterans as well. I'd like to just kind of preface to like Jeffrey and I's relationship is not just like a classmate sitting next to each other in the chair and then going out in the common area and sitting down. Um, big reason that I started Student Veterans of TCC was because I had heard a story while being a homeless student at TCC in a chemistry class that another veteran was in the back of the class on his phone, like we all know no one's supposed to do, and found out something crazy, cleared off the table, stormed out the room. As a student and as a guy who cares about you know, veteran suicide at 22 people a day, Luckily, it's down to 20 people a day last I checked. Uh, I, I wondered where that student go because in the middle of the daytime for a student uh, student time block class that most students are in, 12 to 3 o'clock usually, that student's racing through traffic, you know, with uh, children and moms in cars, grandmothers on the road, you know, people who aren't working or moving things around. Um, and, and that begged another question. What if he went out and got a gun? try to commit suicide or come back onto the school's campus. And ironically, that's what the student did. We found out that the student went to his car and he was going to commit suicide because he was just done. It was the second quarter. He was about to fail out. And uh, luckily, he just sat there and cooled down. But there was no space before that. And, you know, I, I as, a, as a person who's tried to commit suicide or attempted to commit suicide, thought about committing suicide, um, that hit me really deep and that's why I started gravitating as a homeless person towards the space and making it more available. If you're a veteran in a mental health crisis and you're thinking about hurting yourself or you know a veteran who's considering this, there are resources that can help. The Department of Veterans Affairs lists a number of resources on its website. We'll include a link to this page in the episode description. You can also call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 
1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. The Lifeline is available 24 hours a day. You know, we've been talking a lot about life after the military, but let's maybe rewind a little bit to right before you joined and uh, talking about that decision to to join uh, the service. What led you down that route? Jeff, you want to start us off? So I'm a Tacoma native, born and raised Eastside Tacoma, right? Come from uh, Filipino parents, immigrants. Uh, my dad was a 20-year Army veteran. Um, my grandfather's both uh, both sides of the family uh, were both uh, Filipino scouts. So I had, uh, you know, I had that lineage and, you know, I had that pride to to serve my country, you know, especially as a Filipino American. But uh, I had enlisted during my senior year at high school. I went to Lincoln High School here in Tacoma. And um, yeah, so I, at first I wasn't going to, you know, I was just going to go, uh, I was very STEM. Well, back then it wasn't STEM, uh, like, you know, very uh, science and engineering. You know, I was part of Mesa. <clears throat> so I wanted to do something in engineering, maybe like civil engineering or whatever. But yeah, I was, junior junior year, I thought about it. My my dad was like, don't go in the army. Go, go, go to officer route, go to ROTC, do, you know, go into Air Force. Don't go in the army. And what do I do? I do the total, you know, opposite. And I, I join as I, as an enlisted and I join the army, all the stuff that he told me not to do. But yeah, I was, I was in my senior year. It was December. I remember December and yeah, I freaking went down to the Tacoma mall recruiting office and I was like, yeah, let's do this. You know, this is what I want to do. No hesitation, no question. Just, I want to serve my country. I want to continue this, you know, family history, this family uh, lineage. And yeah, so I enlisted uh, December of my senior year and then I uh, graduated in the, you know, the following June and left for basic training. And that was all she wrote. How long did you serve for? I served for 15 years. Uh, the goal was to do 20 or more or however I could, you know, handle. But, um, due to chronic conditions and injuries from uh, multiple deployments to the Middle East. Uh, yeah, it just took a, took a toll on my body and came down to where um, I had to make a choice. You know, I had two kids at the time. I have three now. And so, you know, the doc was like, hey, I can try to, you know, recommend you to get some sort of desk job, something light, you know, light duty. Or at this time, I was, you know, in between using a walker and a cane. And so doctor was like, we got to make a choice. You know, you want to enjoy your time with your little ones or you want to continue doing this job and you're just going to end up maybe in a wheelchair, you know. And so the timing was right. Me and my wife talked and yeah, just went ahead and um, went through with my medical evaluation board. And thankfully, I was uh, retired medically. So I was able to. Uh, maintain uh, benefits for both me and my family. Thomas, what about you? I grew up in a family with my mom with the eighth grade education as a uh, part-time used car salesman and a part-time bartender at night. 
Um, grew up very independently with my sister and just had a very big duty, uh, my mom to, you know, to family. I um, was always told about the past and all this and what I should aspire to be, but uh, really poor, really just um, modest kind of family and humble beginnings. Um, ironically, leading up to the military, um, I, was a, I was kind of a troubled youth. I started stealing car stereos when I was like 16 years old, right after I got my license, because I couldn't afford to have the really cool JL audio or Rockford Fosgate. So I thought breaking into a couple cars and uh, you know, reselling them to other friends to get my own was the way to go. And uh, first time I did it, man, I was really bad and got hot. Um, so my choice into the military was to be something better than I was, right? And uh, I didn't want to go like Jeff. I didn't want to go to active duty. Uh, but I did want to stay home and kind of take care of mom. I, I did want to take care of my sister. And I did want to yeah, make a difference in my community uh, the same way that I am now. Uh, so I joined the National Guard thinking, man, I'm going to do six years, get the four-year active duty benefit uh, for college education. I'll do two weekends a month and two weeks in the summer, uh, be standbagging, fighting forest fires. Like, cool, let's do it. Nine months after I joined, first time you had been activated since World War II. We were gone for 18 months, baby. And it was, uh, it was a thrill of a ride as a 17-year-old uh, high school dropout with a GED. Um, I was a runaway as well at 15 years old uh, from my mom. So I've, I've had kind of a, a interesting life in between there based on my choices as a juvenile. But uh, the military was absolutely a decision of 9-11 and wanting to do something bigger. And 9-11 really did strike a core in our family and strike a tone um, with me that made me want to volunteer, um, specifically as an infantryman. 17 years old, getting shot at for the first time, driving from Kuwait, Camp Doha to Baghdad, Iraq. Let me tell you, it's like driving from Washington, California, like getting shot at the whole time um, with no armor. It was quite the experience as a 17-year-old guy. Um, so, uh, yeah, 9-11 and, and just being a, a screwy adolescent is the whole reason I joined. So I, we've touched on this throughout uh, in little bits about your trans, both of you, your transition out of the military. But I wonder what were those, to be more specific, what were those first, like, first few weeks and months like, you know, not, not, you know, as you're, as you get out and then you, you know, there's no more, like, you have to get out of bed at this time and you have to do this at this time, this at this time, and then this, and you have to report to this person, you know, there's none of that. So what was that, what was that like at the very beginning? Yeah, so... Man, the the difference between Jeff and I's stories might blow your mind. Um, the National Guard is a is a wonderful organization filled with many service members from multiple different branches who are just looking to basically fulfill the last end of their contracts. Right, they're in fourteen, fifteen years, and they're not trying to go back over to an active duty combat rotation unless they absolutely have to. Uh, but they're well-trained, they're well-seasoned uh, people with inside the United States military. And the Guard is filled with people just trying to retire or get the last bit of their time or to reclass into another MLS. Uh, you know, just kind of slow down. Uh, within a month or two, you know, getting shot at for the first month with no armor and cutting off doors uh, on cars and, you know, trying to stick weld them or, or uh, strap them to the to the trucks any way you could to give you some type of protection which wasn't any protection at all in real honesty um 
it, it kind of changed the game and we all got up to snuff really fast. So um, we did 13 months um, in combat um, and then had to demobilize. We mobilized and demobilized. So it was 18 months. And instead of going through the normal transition process that you would find for an active duty soldier like CAPS, um, where they you know talk about financial readiness and career readiness and educational aspirations, the Guard doesn't do any of that. They literally give you two months to wash the vehicles, turn in all your stuff, account for everything that you ever, the government's ever given you. Recall everything mental health and physically that's wrong with you and get you back out into the, your exact same position that you had when you left. When I got plot back, um, it was really weird because I had nothing, like nothing at all. Like uh, I had a girlfriend who lived at home with her parents and I couldn't move in there. Um, but I had enough money saved up to where I could get my own apartment. So I did that. And walking into my own apartment with nothing to do the next day was absolutely crazy. Like it, it just, it just rocked my world. And when I came home as a 21 year old guy who had seen, uh, a lot of things, lost three very good friends, um, someone who joined for all the wrong reasons, right? My transition back literally started at Clover Park Technical College trying to pursue a degree for um, automotive technology. And I did. That's where I first started. Uh, but uh, that coming back, getting shot at, going under at least every bridge, I'm still ducked. You know, I'd still freak out and flip over my bed and my mattress looking for my rifle if I heard things, you know, like a loud Honda racing down 72nd Street in Tacoma because I lived right off of uh, I-5. Uh, things just triggered me different and transition was much, much harder without family and without those transitional services that active duty. I'm going to try my best not to choke up because every time I think about it, it's just like, man, and I think about where I am now and it's really, you know, it gets me emotional because I didn't want to leave, you know, I didn't want to get out. I wanted to do this job, serve my country for as long as I could. My dad did it for 20 years and I'm like, why can't I do it for 24 or maybe 30 if I could, you know what I'm saying? And like when I got told that I can't do it no more and I'm not fit for duty and you know, that, that kind of just hit me hard. And so I guess you would say my transition started maybe three to six months before I was getting out because during that time I was going through a medical evaluation board and I didn't know if, you know, I'm going to get, anything in my favor or I'm just going to get, they, they, they call it, you know, kick, kicked out the door to I-5 and, you know, just find your way home. You know what I'm saying? I mean, unfortunately that's, that was the term that was used on, on some people that were getting out and it was very difficult. I found myself, um, you know, for those who are listening, you know, that haven't read my story, um, you know, I would wake up <laughs> thinking that I was late for PT physical training or formation, I, I normally uh, would work, uh, wake up like around four or 4.30, get out, get out the house by like five so I can make it on base because it gets very traffic uh, heading towards McCord and, and Fort Lewis. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think it was like maybe, so I, I got out, I retired in January. Around my birthday, March, I was putting, I woke up I still had, I don't know, I think like half a dozen alarms that I had used, it was still on. 
And so I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to be late for PT. You know, I'm going to get probably talked to by the sergeant major for not being there on time. And here I am getting dressed, putting my PTs on and, you know, I'm grabbing my bag. And then I, I exit the door and I'm about to go in the car and I'm just like, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> like, take a step back. Like, well, hold on. You you got, you hung this uniform up, man, back in January. Why? It's March. Almost time for your birthday. Why, why are you still trying to go on base? You know, you go on base on the weekend to go to the commissary or the PX or something and go shopping. Or Yeah. So I had that mindset where I was so institutionalized with what I was doing. The military is very easy, you know, be, um, be on time, be in the right place, right time, right uniform, right attitude. And it was just like, man, I couldn't shake that off. Waking up early morning and then, you know, trying to, trying to beat, beat traffic. It was just, man. So, you know, it, it took a couple months for me to calm down, but in between then and between that time, you know, and then getting ready to enroll to college. I was um, very in a depressive state, had a lot of anxiety. I got to the point where personal hygiene wasn't in play anymore. My hair got long. I mean, not as long as like Forrest Gump or something, but you remember that scene in Forrest Gump where he's just like, you know, he gets that mud splashed and he tells that, he tells that guy, you know, shit happens. Or whatever. Yeah, you're gonna have to probably bleep that out. But everybody <laughs> knows that scene, right? And he just wipes his face, and there's like that happy face on that on that T-shirt, man. I I felt like that, you know. And you know, eventually I cleaned myself up, and but it was very hard to go out into society, um, even like simple family gatherings. And you know, in like Filipino families, they're really big. They like to eat. They like to drink. You know, have a good time. And here I am in the corner. Maybe, you know, or I'll find my way in the garage and I'll just, you know, go on my phone or I'll grab a couple beers and just drink by myself. And yeah, so I got very uh, depressed. Uh, anxiety was very high. I was having panic attacks like every, every other day. And it was just like, and then which led to, you know, suicidal ideation. And I found myself in the master bedroom and the kids were in the living room and I'm looking at my, my pistol and I'm just like, man, I, I just need to, I just need to end this because I, I feel I didn't have any purpose. I didn't, I didn't want to, I just wanted to end it right there. And then it just, it just clicked because, you know, my, my daughter at the time, she was very young, you know, she comes in and she's like, daddy, you know, and gives me a hug and all that, all that mushy stuff, you know, <laughs> and it just, it just clicked. And I'm just like, you know what? I, I can't do this. This, this is not me. You know what I'm saying? I gotta be, I gotta be here. And then, you know, my son, Jeffrey at the time, he was, you know, like one, one or two. And I was like, no, nah, I can't, I can't be doing this. I gotta, I gotta, you know, reinvent myself. And, and yeah. So January, 2016, I went to TCC and that's where I started. I can kind of like point something too that, you know, just kind of came to my head and I know Jeff would just kind of go off on a tangent here with me as well, but well, why TCC? Why not UW Tacoma? 
right? Like, why is a veteran returning and transitioning? And and this is something that I really, I know Jeff has spoke on this too, because we've just been this lifelong learner of this, but but why TCC? Why not you? You know? Here's a little story about TCC. When I was in high school, I was educated about the whole uh, running start program. So here I am, I'm like, oh man, I can kill two birds in one stone, you know what I'm saying? Earn an AA and, and get a high school diploma at the same time. So I tried going, for some reason I couldn't pass the math portion at TCC for the entrance exam. So I kind of just gave up after the second try and I was like, all right. But, you know, funny you bring that up because, you know, when I got out, my, my wife was like, hey, why don't you just go straight into UW Tacoma? And I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm ready for a big boy college yet. I was like, I need to slowly that crawl, walk, run phase. Uh, I was just like, you know what? I, I, I tried to start at TCC when I was in high school. Why don't I give it another go? You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, the, I mean, the original intent was to just go to TCC and get that, you know, associate's degree and call it, call it good and try and go back into the workforce. But, you know, I got this guy on the other end that's just like, hey, man, let's let's not stop here, man. Let's just keep going and see where it takes us, you know? Well, in my in my intention was I, I was a big automotive guy after I got my one-year professional certification as an automotive technician and then my associates as an automotive repair and hybrid technology technician. Uh, I really wanted to go into mechanical engineering. I really wanted to do research and design. I have little motors and everything. You'd probably be impressed. If you're on video chat, you can see the kind of cool things that I have. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I just like to tinker with stuff, right? So I came to TCC with this huge mechanical background and wanted to be a mechanical engineer. And... I asked the whole preference question to Jeff, you know, why TCC and not UW Tacoma? Because I was just like him. I was like, man, I'm not smart enough. I'm not smart enough to go to the university. And I think that was the most self-defeating mantra that I could have given myself or other veterans back then was like, I was so ready for the university. I was so ready for the culture and the climate and the world-class education that I got. Although I'm extremely grateful of the, the bridge and the transition that I've had through going Community College man, I wish I could have started at the UW without that, you know, that, that feeling like I was insignificant because of all my experiences after transition. So talk about, you know, not only the, the Veteran Military Resource Center, but also the student veteran organization, the UWT. Like, what is, what is that, those two things meant to, to each of you? Um, Jeff, why don't you go first? VMRC has been very very um what should i say well both are both organizations are very dear to my heart and trend you know transitioning over here from tcc on uh, the vmrc was just that hub that really it, it wasn't one of those offices where you just go in and you get the information you get out right it ended up being that one-stop shop but it was more of a family uh, mindset kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? Like they were very welcoming to, you know, to me and Thomas and like they saw the way that our mindset was and how we wanted to just not be that person or that veteran that was, you know, um, utilizing ed- ed- education benefits, you know what I'm saying? 
like they they saw something into us and in us and they wanted us to be part of that team so i think the vmrc man i gotta give props to them man because they take care of military connected students and student veterans you know svo man when <laughs> coming over here and tackling the same things but at a higher level and you saw you know things that couldn't be done at at a you know at TCC was being done over here and you had like a little more solid backing and I was like wow like it, it was really really like good good feeling and like man we've done so much with the SVO you know Thomas started out as the president um that the that year that we came over 2018 and then the following school year in 2019 uh I was I took over as president and each year um, we've, we've, man, we've reached high, high levels of praise, uh, surrounding communities, you know, not only the state, but nationally all the way to the top to, uh, student ventures of America, you know, organization. And we've, we've impacted so much within the community that earned us top five finalists, you know, chapter of the year. And even this past uh, year, we, we got nominated again. So we're like three time, you know, chapter of the year finalists. And like, yeah, I mean, I was kind of hoping that we got that W on this last go around, but that just, that just shows how much, how much, how much we do on our end in our community. I would just say, you know, there's, there's so many things that could be done, be done. Um, I, I just remember as a, as a TCC student, the one thing that changed my life that no one else got to experience the entire time at TCC, the two years that we had it going there, um, which is, is, is really, really a praise to itself. I mean, if you think of a, a new student organization popping up and being extremely successful for two years, it, it's very, very few and far between. Um, during that time, I was, I was able to be selected as one of the top 100 student veteran leaders in the United States by former uh, President George W. Bush and his foundation uh, through Student Veterans of America. And I was the only one who was incarcerated. Uh, and when I told my story and I told my, my background and came home with a just huge sense of purpose, the veterans organization at PCC bridging the gap to the University of Washington Tacoma with Roz Johnson and Andrea Coker Anderson and all of the amazing work studies um, and, and, and scos that they had, Derek and, and Bruce. Gosh, there's, there's been a few of them, uh, Ian Johnson. Uh, just having that well-rounded support. I mean, I mean, kind of Jeff's uh, the theory, you know, things were different at TCC as they were at UW, but the problems were the same, right? It was easy for us to find uh, funding through local VFWs and DAVs to hand out $250 checks to veterans who are in really financial need. Uh, you wouldn't do that at the university because there's already financial structures in place supported by the university. But there's other things that uh, you don't have at the community college that you definitely need at the university. And that's when you get a four-year piece of paper, you got a suit in the closet to go get a job. And, uh, you know, starting a, a veteran's closet and working with the, the Senate and, and creating that space to where guys and girls can go get clothing for an interview after they graduated 
you know, putting it into a business model with the vibe and trying to make a space. And it, it, I mean, there's just these wild, wild ideas that you can expand on at the university and even at the community college level, if you're willing to take it on. But um, the, the support system that the university has in place is something that every institution around the area should model. And I know uh, from colleges like PLU and St. Martin's and Pierce College, they're all taking note and they are, they are raising the veteran bar. Uh, but University of Washington Tacoma is definitely the standard right now in the state. Thank you to our guests and thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm.